Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, welcome to Starving for Attention. Richard and Jasmine Blaze here, uh, somewhere in Southern California, huh. San Diego. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oddly I it would... strange. What's that noise? Oh, guys, that's our instant pop. Oh, wow, look at that. That's perfect. <laughs> if you hear a beeping. It's almost the... like an ad. I know. I wish it was an ad. <laughs> As we're talking Listen, about ads before this. We're getting ready to go, to go out of town. We are. And we had about a dozen tomatoes. <laughs> And I've been working my way through them. We had like two dozen tomatoes, but now we were down to a dozen and we're going out of town. I didn't want them to go to waste. They're from the garden. They're delicious. They're huge and red and beautiful. So I threw them in the Instant Pot to make some tomato sauce. Yeah. um, Which is very Ina Garten or um, Pioneer Woman of you, I I feel like. I don't think either of them use an Instant Pot. I think that that's probably a little below there. Do you think so? I I think so. Yes. Um, but it's a good open because people love you talking about like food and stuff yeah, and like Pot's all these amazing. tomatoes. I just got back into it just this week. You did. Cause I was out of town and all of a Some sudden of you turned good. to a robot. Well, you know what it was? It's because it's hot and I don't want to turn on like the oven. We don't have air conditioning mm. blows people's minds, I think, but most of the well, year, you don't really need it. We don't need it, which is great. And most of the year we're fine. There's usually like what? 10 day, 10 to five to 10 days in the summer where we could use it. But, um, yeah. So I didn't want to turn the oven on cause it's hot. I didn't want to turn the stove so, on. So not the precision used. cooking, not that it keeps all the vitamins and minerals in vitamins. there, not that it no, keeps things nice and moist. You like the Instant Pot because it doesn't heat up the house. Yep. Um, and, and it's fast. I made meatballs in like 10 minutes. It's great. Yeah, that's true. Hey, uh, Jasmine, this just yes. in on the Starving for <laughs> Attention iTunes review section. Nice. Oh, I think yeah. you'll like Let's this one. I haven't, I haven't been on it lately. Uh, the title of it is called Starving for More. Love it. Sure. That's our next podcast. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. <laughs> sure. The title of this review is kind of lame, but I can honestly say you'll be entertained, informed, and be presented with some truly thought-provoking subject matter all through the lens of chefs, cooking, entertainment, or the hospitality industry as a whole, though the true hero of the show, JB, wow. Jasmine Blaze, just outstanding chemistry between her and Richard. Don't pass this pot up. That's from Siggy's Digs. Five nice. stars. Thanks, Siggy's. Uh, and listen, you guys are coming through. You guys and girls are coming totally. through. Uh, we're at 498 reviews. Oh, we're so too shy. Too shy wow. of the 500 mark. Uh, grab your friends. Up. Yeah, rustle up a couple more there. Let's Tell them to subscribe. Um, and uh, it seems to be working. Uh, the nice slow approach, but I appreciate it. This episode is fun. Uh, Luke's Lobster. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben and Luke from Luke's Lobster. They're a, a concept that makes lobster rolls. Uh, lots of fun. It's an entrepreneurial episode. Some of your favorites. Yeah. I like the, the, what do we used to call them? The hustle reports. That's what this one is. Yeah. 100%. Uh, caught them at one of their, uh, flagship locations in lower Manhattan where they were handing out, uh, spoiler alert, but we're not going to talk too much about the episode, but they were handing out like, uh, manager's bonus checks. Awesome. And that's kind of a fun. That's very. And they cool. said like this is one of the best days of the year. They I get bet. to hand out some of their stuff. I bet. Uh, but I love the concept. This like the niche sort of concepts where mm-hmm. it's like we do one thing. In one this thing case, only. Yeah, lobster yeah. rolls. 
Um, mm. But they have a vertically integrated company because uh, their family actually, um, you know, harvests lobsters and or, right. uh, it's a seafood family um, from up up uh, in the northeast. Do you remember when um, when you were uh, when you were courting me? Mm. Sometimes we back talk in like the that. 1800s. Mm-hmm. And um, you came over to my grandmother's house, and, and- I jousted with your uncle. No, I was just keeping <laughs> yeah, the courting exactly. theme going, right? And um, you just happened to be there during the time when our New England um, contingent of our family would send down the yearly lobsters. Yes, this? yes, this was great because it was my way to bond with your family. I was. So your the the, the Nita Mass family yep. would send down some lobsters via Airmail Express mm-hmm. for the holiday, right? It was yep. just Christmas holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, well, there's a new uh, cook because that's probably yeah, what your family thought cook. I was Let's at see, that we, point. You like know we, how to cook lobster? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's some lobster over here. And uh, I got to show off a little bit and, mm-hmm. and um, steam boil some well, lobsters. The first thing you did, which I think blew everyone's mind, is you put a knife right through their brain. Yeah. <laughs> which that, has never been done in my grandmother's probably house. Probably not. It was probably. always straight into the pot, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I freaked <laughs> so out. So everybody thought that you were like sadistic. But it's a re- there's a reason, right, for that. Like it's it's nicer. probably why your um, your grandma thought I was a hooligan. Absolutely, I remember her, like, you came in like bashing heads and came in there killing people. lobsters. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I'm, I'm remembering because we recorded this a couple weeks ago. This podcast episode goes deep down the lobster cookery and like fabrication technique nice. mode. It's a pretty, pretty in- so if you're trying to cook some episode. lobster this summer, this is a yeah. good uh, podcast to pull up. Hundred percent, and time is running out. Um, we get into a bunch of things, including the uh, controversial debate on lobster rolls, which, which is, is, do you like it as a lobster salad with mayo, you know, some celery, some tarragon on a, on a, on a, mm. a hot dog, you know, toasted, toasted yeah. bun? Or do you like it with like warm lobster in like drawn butter? And you're making like a Ugh. throw up in your mouth face right now. You're I not mean, a big shellfish fan. I am not. In any which way. I am not. Yeah. But the warm with butter made, made like my reflux like I, act up there, I think. Um, yeah, I think mayonnaise makes everything better. Yeah, that's like I, I like, like I'll, I'll eat like a crab salad here and there, like, you know, but... Um, yeah. Here and there, meaning and like there. once every couple of years Five or six presented years. with one on a menu. Yes. Like, let's exactly. be honest, like you're not ordering. Like a tasting menu or something. Yeah. Exactly. You're exactly. not ordering this. This if is I'm on a canopy, someone's handing you. Yeah. And it happens to be the chef who made yeah. it that you respect handing right. it to you. Exactly. So gonna, like I have to eat it. Yeah. Yes. Like even when we do tasting menus, usually, I'm usually eating extra shellfish. No, I'm usually you're like, sliding the oysters please over. no. Please yeah. no on the shellfish. Exactly. Um I don't but know you're where right. that came from, but it's strange. It, for a Florida girl, it is a little strange. Yeah, well, I, it used to be all seafood for me, so I'm I'm glad I came back on. You do? You've been eating? I'm very I proud of you. This is seafood. a weird like revealing episode <laughs> right now, but like you've been eating even salmon lately. I do. I I, I'm trying. I know it's really good for me. It's re- it's one of those like I I'm pretty healthy and like I know salmon's really good for me, and so I try to make a point to eat it every once in a while. But I really don't like it cooked at all. Mm. I like it raw. That's that's kind of well, you know, the oceanicness of it, the fishiness of it, comes out when you cook it a little bit more. Yeah. How about hot smoked? <laughs> I, you know, I like. I like yeah. Well, I like, you like cold, cold smoked. smoked. Yes, right. Yes. I get it. You're the, the It's less fishy that way. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. There you go. Um, you know what else is less fishy? What? Fried chicken. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and tying in the entrepreneurial uh, aspect that's of right, this the episode, report. Crack Shack. Las Vegas just opened. That's right. I'm literally right off of a plane. Finally left the state. Finally left Got the, the state. Got the old of ankle California. bracelet off and right? uh, yeah, ran all its way up from San Diego to <laughs> deep in the woods of Pasadena and made its way over to Nevada. Which, yep. by the way, real quick, it's Nevada. Is that how you pronounce it? 
Nevada. Oh, no, it's no, Nevada. It's Nevada. Yeah, so there is a, a Veep episode about this. Yes. Well, yeah. also, um, one of your favorite people, Donald Trump, said Nevada no, uh, of course recently. Of course <laughs> uh, But I did an interview a couple weeks ago with someone who writes for like the Vegas Times or whatever. No, it yeah. was actually the LA Times, but the Vegas uh, department of it. Yeah. And I said... Nevada. Oh gosh! And uh, he skewered Just me like, on the phone. He was nice enough to not include it in the article. Did he, like, I'm revealing pull the record it right now. Off the, yeah. yeah. Now I know better. So Nevada. it's Nevada. Just yeah. like in Texas, you don't say Pico de it's Gallo. Not, I learned that recently. It's not fancy. Like Nevada is a fancy. It's like saying tomato. Like, why would you say Nevada? You're right. You That's know? a p- perfect example of yes, it. Yes, thank you. I should you. have known that. Much more. I only say that because I bet my grandmother pronounced it Nevada. <laughs> she would say tomato. 100%. <laughs> and she was a lady who enjoyed Vegas from time yes, to time. She did, yes. Uh, I will say this. Restaurant uh, officially is open. Yep. And, um, Go in and get you some I chicken. I was blown away by, one, you know, you've been to Vegas with me now recently. I like Vegas. Yes. I know that. Weird. I know that. You know. So you, weird. There are, there are definitely elements of Vegas that aren't for everyone. It's pretty ugly during the day. <laughs> it can, it can it, you know, yeah, it can be, it's, it's, you know, it's in every, everyone's there, right? Yeah. So like there's some parts of it, but I, as we, I think mentioned in past episodes, I love a good spa, a nice hotel oh, yes. and like access to all of these great restaurants of which one now is Crack Shack. Congratulations to that team. Uh, right there and on you like the strip. The, uh, you like the fraternity there, right? And of, uh, that's what you're starting to get it, get welcomed into is the, the culinary fraternity that exists in Vegas. Yes. yes? Thank you for uh, you were, no br- problem. bringing that back up. Yeah. It's like everyone was, is so kind. No, yeah. like we're not, uh, you know, so like Crack Shack's, you know, a part of sort of like the MGM park properties, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not one of those big faces when you come down the elevator in Vegas. It's, I'm not Gordon. I'm not Giada. I'm not Emerald. You know, you see all the, I, even, I saw a giant picture of, a bearded Tom Colicchio on a billboard today, which it had to be like Tom Colicchio. Colicchio. (laughs) Tom Colicchio, though, because he had a big white beard. Like, I don't know the last time. Um, I'll I'll show you the picture. It's pretty, I mean, he looked good, actually. He looked really good in his beard. He should bring it back. Tom, bring back the beard. (laughs) Bring back the beard. Um, But the fraternity, sorority, whatever, the the familial aspect of the cooks and the hospitality industry in in Las Vegas is amazing. Everyone is so incredibly kind to me. Awesome. Um, so I mean, it, it is, more, it is like an ultimate like service industry town, right? I mean, between, like you said, the spas and the casinos and the bars and the, you know, and the shows, like all of it, that service is such a huge part of, of all of it, especially when you're talking about high rollers and that kind of stuff. And like the type of service that goes along with that, it's, you know, yes, it's you're, in, you're, the, in the blood there. You, you could throw a ball any which way and you're going to hit someone in the service industry. I guess that's a great yeah. way to put it. And, right. and that's what was happening. I was running into people just walking, you know, down the street. They were like, Hey chef, I'm a sommelier right. for, at Nomad. And yeah. Hey, I cook over here at Italy or I got a restaurant that's, you know, three casinos down, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so go check it out. And I think that's a lot of, uh, that ties in this episode. So, you know, Crack Shack yeah. with six episodes, uh, Luke's Lobsters. They have one in Vegas too. I forget uh, yeah. specifically where it's at. I think it's over near uh, on the north side of the Strip. And you said, um, didn't you tell me that they met on Craigslist? Yeah. Tell me that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so fun it's story. Like, uh, uh, how, how you met our Flip uh, Burger f- guys. Yes. So, you know, guys like answer those crazy ads on Craigslist. You never know. I love stories like but, that. But like don't if they're like really crazy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be be safe. Be yeah. safe. Filter. A, filter. a lot of these relationships do. I mean, even my our crack shack relationship kind of started on a, a cold email in 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 in, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, but I love those sort of like blind date stories. 
Uh, ben yeah. and Luke from Luke's Lobster have one of those. You and I do not have a blind date sort no. of meetup story. No. Um, but anyway, 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know that by now. You know what else you can do in about a minute? You can get an offer for your car with True Car. That's right. The amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a true cash offer. That reminds me, I want to start working on my abs. Best of all, you can do it all from your smartphone or home or with your smartphone in your home or someone else's home. Just just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Great episode. We're heading out of town to some mysterious place that we will not mention until next week's open sure okay there we go <laughs> sorry uh, but you'll know where we're at soon do us a favor keep on hitting us up with those uh subscriptions and ratings get your mom and her friend gene to subscribe what's up with gene to the podcast subscribe please. gene uh and here we go this episode with luke and ben of luke's lobster enjoy Frankie's killing the game. We've we've spent some time together over the last over the last couple minutes. He's uh, the best. Yeah, he really is. Frankie's been on a personal health kick over the last six months too, and it shows. Has he? Okay, yeah. Frankie. We didn't talk about your health uh, and wellness kick. I've been on one as well. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing, Frankie? Working what? out. Okay. Diet. All right. Cleaner, so. I'm going to the gym twice a day. You're on it. I'm on it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> He's a different dude. So is that coming directly from uh, the founders' sort of philosophy? You guys both look incredibly fit I, uh, as well. Uh, no. <laughs> Frankie's doing this on his own. <laughs> <laughs> so then your fitness comes from just the, what Frankie did tell me. I was like, hey, what are these guys, what are they, what are they like? What do they do? And he's like, just they work. <laughs> like they work super, super hard. So is that, I mean, you do. You look like, you know, for, for people who are as successful as you are, you look rested and healthy and, and fit is it just from is it just from the business that's a, it's a hell of a compliment coming from you <laughs> I, I, I got a 15 month at home I got a wife that's six months pregnant we got a business that's 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 crazy and vertically integrated and 24 7 and um but yeah, it's all about balance. Like I feel like you figure out how to make all of those great things work in concert. And uh, I like working out in the morning. And okay, so there it is. There's like you got to do that. Like it's my centering piece. If I'm not doing that, I'm probably a lousy husband, a lousy father, and a lousy CEO. It, it's, so. it clears clears your mind up, right? But you also said, I mean, with it, with a, a growing business family and a growing personal family, that's sometimes all the fitness and exercise that you need. There's, there's no question. We're like we're not sitting at a desk, and we're not. Uh, um, we, we, but the, like we were talking on the way in, it's it's like a, it's a crazy lifestyle, and like we have a ton of traveling. And but Ben was, I mean, you were saying you're trying to be healthy, and yeah, I mean traveling, traveling, traveling definitely doesn't help your diet. That's for sure. It's tough to it's tough tough to find a healthy breakfast when you're on the road. But but yeah, just just keeping busy keeps the pounds off. Right, but I mean now someone who's listening is going to be like, well, they just eat lobster all the time. 
So like that's that's got to be pretty. That's pretty cool too. One right? of our talking points here. Ben, why don't you talk yeah. about the uh, <laughs> the healthy notes of uh, of lobster? Yeah, yeah. I mean, lobster is uh, it's basically a superfood. I mean, you you have a ton of protein. You have very low fat content. You have the same amount of cholesterol as white meat chicken. So a lot of people think oh, shellfish yeah. have tons of cholesterol, which isn't really true for lobster. Um, and then you got all these great B vitamins and zinc and, and omega three uh, omega three oils. So yes, the lobster in our diet definitely helps keep us uh, perky. I did not know. So look at that white meat, chicken, and lobster, which is one of my weird uh, cooking things. I always say that lobster is as difficult to cook as boneless, skinless chicken breast, and it kind of freaks people out because generally the window of perfection for cooking like a lobster tail specifically and like a chicken breast is really. Is, is challenging, right? Yeah, absolutely. Did, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that's, specifically main main lobster, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is what I think really sets apart our business from a typical restaurant because rather than taking a whole lobster, transporting it from the shore of Maine down to New York or San Francisco or Miami. What we're doing is actually cooking it right there in Maine. Mm-hmm. And we're not cooking the whole lobster. We're actually separating the parts and we're cooking them individually, actually size graded. So the thickness of the claw is going to determine which batch it cooks with, how fast it's going to go through, at what temperature. So in the same way, you wouldn't just take that whole chicken and right. throw it in the pot and expect it to come out perfect. Right. You really shouldn't be doing that with a sure. lobster either. But, you know, each part cooks at a different speed. But um, through uh, cinema will tell us that you just take a whole lobster and some boiling water and you pop it in the water and, and, and that's it, right? Just like, I guess, in the Muppet movie, too, they take chickens and they cook them that way <laughs> as well. That's what you should do if you want to overcook the tail. This is true. Okay, so let's, let's get into this. Now, as a, as a chef, I do know these things. I love how there's, like, a lot of there's science behind how you're cooking the lobster to make sure that each part is perfectly, is perfectly cooked, right? Um, and how many parts are we We're cooking claws, tails... Legs, bodies, and then there's different grades on the claws. Like we have three different grades on the claws that are all determined on size. Right. I don't even know the size, like what the sizes are called in lobster claws. Are they? It's an internal concept. Okay. It's okay. Got it. But but the, the basic concept is, it takes heat to penetrate. It takes heat to penetrate the the, the, the actual claw. Sure. And sure. Need to get the right internal temperature, and. The thickness of the claw is correlated with the amount of time it takes to reach the optimal internal temperature. Got it. Now, you're coming up on a 10-year anniversary, right? Yeah. Okay, which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank which you. Which we say on this podcast, like 10 years in the restaurant game, that's... What is your... In human years, how old is that? On dog... Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's definitely more aggressive than dog years. So if it's like 7 yeah. to 1 in dog years, it's got to be like, like 15 to... Yeah. At least, right, exactly. So like this is like the like you're 50 or 60 years old in human years, right? Like this is like... Yeah, and, and and despite your kind comments, it feels like the body ages about that quickly. Also, when you're in this business, yeah, I don't believe it though. We've already we've already kind of covered that. Uh, but you know, ten years, unbelievable. How long? In, like, did you always have this sort of scientific process for cooking the lobster, like in year one or the first location, or like was it at one point? Was it some boiling water and someone behind the stove? No, we. I mean, over the last ten years, we've made further investments. And in, in generating the best quality cook possible, but like 
honestly, my dad, he had the very first lobster processing license in the state of Maine. He's been processing lobster now for 40 plus years. So when we first opened, we were buying lobster from dad and they were doing a lot of the similar techniques that, that, that we're doing just on a much larger scale. Have there been moments though when like, okay, here comes the company memo and like the, um, the, the, the degree of, it's, you're steaming them, right? Yep. Like the, the temperature has gone up five degrees and like everyone needs to know like we've made this one switch technically or no? Well, a couple months ago, we upgraded our cooker. Okay. From a, a continuous steam cooker to a continuous convection steam cooker. Mm, all right. And, and the basic principle there is that it allows us to actually cook at a lower temperature for a little bit longer time. And it enables a more like juicy, mm. uh, juicy bite. And that's what I'm saying about like if you're just cooking one lobster at home, that 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 there within is the challenge of lobster cookery, right? That like is it low and slow or is it a fast dunk? And the texture can be challenging sometimes. It, it, it can, and like so another plug here. So you want the best lobster meat? Come to Luke's to get the lobster roll. And if you're looking for a lobster tail, you can get our our consumer packaged good at Whole Foods. Mm. And those are two twin packs of lobster tails with cooking directions on the back. But the best thing you can do there is 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 go Whole Foods, grab that lobster tail, slack it out in your fridge, and then split it in half. And if you grill it, then you can actually like cook with your eyes too. So like your the products can go from translucent to uh, a firm white texture right and like that's when you know it's done like this whole concept of like a tail needs to curl in order for it to be cooked ooh, ooh, not ooh, true yeah i'm, not I'm true. glad i'm glad we're, we're all in agreement yeah, yeah of course yeah that's when you know you've gone a little too far that's most right likely. yeah that's and then right. you're gonna give your jaw a workout when you try to actually chew that tail right um which is also why something i don't you don't like um you skewer them or anything like that right when they get cooked first or do you we do okay so. yeah we do we do a lot of that now. okay and that's a that's a great way to enjoy lobster tails, right? And so, and I'm, again, since you, I didn't know you were so like scientific as well, but like that's it probably helps with the even cooking. It does to some degree, yeah. To keep it, and and it also helps like create that little vessel where you can. Uh, Baste uh, it in a little extra butter when the tail's been straightened. Oh, we're gonna get into some. Yeah. We're gonna get into some culinary questions uh, when we get when we get into it. Um, who knew we were gonna be? Well, I guess I should have known that we were gonna be talking about lobster uh, so much. What is the Marvel the Marvel superhero quick flashback origin story of the brand? How did you guys meet? How did it all start? It's the beginning of the Marvel movie. Spider Man's walked in on the field trip to the science lab uh, I think maybe we'll tag team this answer so uh, it was the summer of, of 2009 I was I was sitting at my desk on a summer Sunday afternoon I was doing investment banking work at the time I was missing home so I went online looking for something that reminded me of home and that was a lobster roll the third generation lobsterman I grew up in production facilities I built my own boat I was a lobsterman my youngest brother was my sternman I had this great affinity for the connection to the industry so like missing home kind of pissed off that I'm at my desk on a Sunday afternoon when I'm looking for a lobster roll all of these great chefs uh, were kind of screwing up what a traditional main lobster roll was mm. which was a no frills super high quality meat on a New England uh, toasted bun split bun um, just a little bit of mayonnaise a little bit of seasoning a little bit of lemon butter and and ultimately like they had a different interpretation of what a lobster roll ought to be and the price point and the level of service that it ought to be served at so I started to write a business plan that tried to answer this question of why are all these great chefs screwing this thing up so badly and I didn't know if it was because the supply chain was lunky and they couldn't get costs and quality if 
real estate market was crazy or the labor market was uh, just didn't find a good answer. So so then I went out looking for real estate and I put a I put a post on Craigslist looking for a partner. Mm. Craigslist all, all places and uh, enter Ben. Yeah, I had been working actually more in the media world for a couple of years, trying to find my place either at an editorial desk or as a freelance writer. Uh, I'd been at Playboy, WNYC, Sever, and was sort of moving more towards food writing because that was where my passion was. But I found even more than food writing, my passion was to stop writing and cook. Mm. So I just started going on Craigslist looking for restaurant jobs and seeing what I could find, uh, thinking that it was time for me to kind of pivot my career into the food business. And I couldn't get, I couldn't get a job anywhere because I didn't have restaurant experience. Um, but then I saw Luke's post, and he's talking about an authentic Maine lobster shack. And I was just thinking about all the time that I'd spent visiting Five Islands, Maine as a kid and sitting on lobster docks and watching the boats steam in and out and eating there right at the dock. And I, I really understood exactly what he was talking about. And we met up at the Starbucks under his apartment, and we could just tell that we clicked in terms of the vision that we had for the business. And despite the fact that we were pretty naive about the world of restaurants, we'd never done that before, we'd never started our own business before, we had the same passion for lobster, passion for doing business the right way, treating people the way you'd want to be treated, and and that those were kind of the ingredients to the partnership that were most important, more so than experience, I guess. Mm, So the radioactive spider was a Craigslist post. This is what this is what happens here. This, I, I have a partnership that started that way as well. Yeah. By the way, which I think is, to me, it's also I. I feel like I met one of my most creative partners that way. When it's just like you know, it's kind of cosmic to keep using superhero analogies. That like when you read it, you're like, yeah, this is meant to be. Uh, so I think we should play that out. We should reenact that moment. I think when we do the 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 video part of starving for attention, we should just. You know, I'll, we'll get people to play you if, you, if you're t- too expensive. Well, but. I don't know. You just need somebody that can pass for a 24-year-old. I think you both could do it. You guys are like incre- look incredibly young and fit. So like you can play your, yourselves if you'd like. Um, so the problem being, you, so you know, in traditional sort of entrepreneur speak, you were both kind of solving indiv- personal problems, kind of individual problems. Like you've been covering chefs, and you're like, wait, I've I've been talking to enough chefs, writing about food. And I want to do that, and I think I can do it better. And you're, like, missing home, and you know how a good lobster roll should be made. And, like, is that the, the problem? The problem was pretty simple. Like, there's not any good lobster rolls. Like, At the surface, absolutely. And, like, it, what's been so fun over the last 10 years is that this started as a, a passion project. Like, one of the best jobs I ever had was, was running a lobster boat. And I, I, I absolutely love that connection to the industry, and I love that work. And... And for me, like Luke's was, was was an opportunity to get back involved with that lobster industry, and that's like in many ways like there was a problem set to solve, but then of, of serving the best quality lobster roll out there. But then there was like the underlying driving passion that is like enabled like the crazy hours and shifts and momentum, business momentum, and uh, to, to like persevere through some of those challenges and ultimately like be jacked up to to continue on and, and, and create value over the last 10 years. When did you realize that the, uh, you, you know, the eliminating the middleman, right, is like a big part of the brand? Yeah. Uh, like w- w- that was from, 
from from get go from jump because of your experience with with lobstering. A hundred percent. I mean, <clears throat> we were directly connected to the source. Um, um, my dad was buying direct from lobstermen and selling directly to our shacks. Okay. So uh, we were we were essentially vertically integrated from from day one and had access to the highest quality product from day one. Okay. So that was from from the beginning. That was always a, always sort of the plan. It was. Got it. Now, Ben, did you? You know, this is uh, it's it's Luke's the name of the brand. Like, it's not Luke and Ben. Like, what? I mean, I, I feel like this is like, oh, have you seen the movie Almost Famous? It's one of my favorite rock and roll movies of all time, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's like, I'm supposed to be the lead singer, and I'm the bass player with Mystique. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I really I, try now, to now keep that it's both of yours, and, like, it's so popular, so successful, how do you overcome, like, you know, the, the, the inner struggles of the band? I'm the front man. It's my name. I'm, uh, it's never been a problem for me. I remember when, when we first met, either the, either the very first time or the, maybe the second time we met, we talked about the name of the business, and Luke had a bunch of other ideas besides Luke's Lobster for the business. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not making this up. He basically said, I feel weird naming a business after myself because mm-hmm. it's very egotistical, and that's not really who I am. And he just spent the previous hour telling me about his childhood growing up in the lobster business and building his own boat and the passion he had for lobster and uh, I just said look I I don't care how humble you want to be this company is I mean it's about great lobster but it's also about your story and your background and, and what you're bringing to the table by starting this business and we have to call it Luke's Lobster because that is what ties everything together with you know your understanding of the lobster industry and how that brought us to the point of of creating this business and and making it what it was so i mean you know my my goal is to have a successful business and it doesn't really yeah i I can tell you don't have video of it but i can tell that it's like you're still kind of uncomfortable like in in the in the like like that it's, it's your name, but it, it's it's it rolls off the tongue, right? And it, it works. <laughs> There's the alliteration component of it for sure. Right. Um, but this is like this has been a great team effort over the last ten years. Uh, I, I've got my father, and my two younger brothers involved. There's a handful of teammates uh, that that were with us from day one that have built this business. So like in, in many ways, like Ben and I have ten plus partners now in the business. And we all act uh, and care for this team and this business that we're owners and founders. So it's a, it, it really is just like, it, it's, been a, it's been a family affair for the last 10 years. And when, how we started this thing and just saying like, the restaurant business is tough. And 10 years is, 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 a, is, a, is a significant milestone. Like we've done it as a group. We've not done it as like Luke has not done it. 100%. And um, even just getting to, to know you guys today, but, you know, spending five minutes with Frankie, who, like, you know, unsolicited was like, this is the best company I've ever worked for. And he's already, he's, he's only been here a little bit. He's already been up to Maine twice, he said. So, like, how, how important is that for your, for, for team members, for, for management to sort of, like, get on the ground, like, where the, where the lobsters are coming from, or and not on the ground, I guess, at, at sea? <laughs> Frankie's exceptional. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's above the mean as as far as leaders go at, at our plan. He's, right. he's a he's a great asset for 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 this for this team. Um, 
getting getting our leaders, our general managers, up to Maine and ingrained in what's going on at the shore and what's going on at our our, our production facility, Seco, is so incredibly important. I mean, in a lot of ways, like what we're doing at the shack level is is just like we're treating people well and we're we're serving the best quality food but the story of where that food and the and the, the complexity of, of 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 what happens with the food before it gets to the shack is so significant in just managing what happens within these four walls right i mean so um i guess that was also my way of asking like for an invite <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we'd love to have you up there. Because your publicist also said it's like hard work, though. Like when you go up there, it's not, it's mm-hmm. not all toasted marshmallows. It's not camp. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be separated in lobster parts. You're gonna be picking lobsters. I mean, you see the way that they pick. These are like second, third generation lobster pickers who are so skilled and so quick. And you try to get there and replicate what they're uh, doing, and it's like it's. Oh my gosh! You know, I, I've always wanted to actually, and I'm at, later today. I'm actually pitching a show that's sort of like that, like these inside, like skills that you mm-hmm. like you might not think of, but like you know, lobster picking, crab picking, oyster shucking, whatever it is that like the people who do that all day long, like who spend a day doing that, like they're like world class athletes. I'll give you something that just blow your mind. Yeah. So we we process uh, around forty thousand pounds of lobsters a day. So that's about 30,000 lobsters. Each lobster has two claws. So 60,000 claws in one day. About 20 pickers can extract the meat out of the knuckles and claws in a seven-hour shift. Wow. 60,000 claws, 20 pickers, seven hours. Wow. It's like, it's just mind-blowing. And they leave no meat in the shell, and they pick all of the cartilage and shell out of it. It is just, it's like... People have tried to automate this thing for years, and like, there's just, there's no way. That's right. So I was gonna say, there's, is it, you know, I mean, is it just because, like, also, like, the shape of a lobster and a claw is gonna be different per each lobster? Like you said, there's multiple sizes, but that's, that is, that's, that's kind of uh, one of my truest joys as a cook is when you, you know, cook that lobster, and then you have the claw. And then you try and break the claw out of the, sh- the, the meat out of the, the shell in one whole piece with the both. What are they? I mean, what is even the technical name of the pinchers? Yeah. Uh, like the in one piece. Crusher claw. Yeah. Like pulling those out in one piece. Yeah. Like, I mean, for me, I'm a, a two for three guy, which is pretty good. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm a Michelin, you know, I've worked in some Michelin restaurants, right? Yeah. I've spent days where I had to do 80 lobsters a day. But, like, I would get destroyed when I come up. Like, when I come up to you and, and work with your team, they would destroy me. And I've done this a lot. Frankie can attest to this, but we had all the general managers get paired up with a picker for uh, for 15 minutes and learn the techniques of picking and then ultimately, like, race a picker. Yeah. Oh. And it's like, it's a... Uh, I hope there's a boomerang. You got a boomerang of this? It might make look Frankie like he can compete in boomerang. <laughs> you had actually live video, probably doesn't work. Yeah. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Hey, uh, if you like our show, you're going to love the Hollywood filter on Podcast One. Join Jessica Hall and Mel Lamprey as they peel back the filter and see what's really going on in Hollywood. From top L.A. beauty trends to events and celebrity going-ons, get a glimpse of the unfiltered Hollywood that you rarely see. You thought you knew L.A., but do you? Download new episodes of The Hollywood Filter every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Is it our pickers that are specifically breaking down claw meat and uh, and or tail? Or the, I also mentioned leg, leg meat, yeah. which like get into this because leg meat is like 
you have to get. Like, I mean, you want to get as most yield as you can. Yeah. We, so we really do got to get you up here so you can okay. you can see this. But the uh, the legs we so we cut the legs off on the on the raw side right. after they've been humanely stunned. Yes. And then cook the legs to the optimal optimal internal temperature. And then we've got a leg rolling machine that looks like two rolling pins that are going opposite directions. Okay. So you feed the yes. the toe of the leg through fir- first, and then the meat comes back out like spaghetti. Yeah. Is this a machine that was built for this process, or uh-huh. was it Absolutely. built for... Yeah. Really? Yeah. The entire plant yeah. is a Frankenstein sort of... I mean, this is, okay. something that, this is something that Luke's dad has been the master of for, for decades now, but it's just taking pieces of all types of different equipment. We have a, a master welder up there who's also been working with Luke's dad for decades, and he can take anything and, and recombine it into just the ideal piece of equipment for this specific task. Yeah. I mean, at one point in my career, I think I had like a lobster spaghetti tasting menu course that was in the back of the kitchen, just me with a wine bottle or a, or a rolling pin <laughs> yeah. squeeze. Cause most people probably don't even think there's any meat in there. Right. And, and, and because the meat is so close to the body, it's actually some of the most flavorful meat. Hmm. Uh, so let's get into that. My favorite part of the lobster is the knuckle. Is that? Is that? Uh, I mean, I just feel like you almost can't miss with the texture. Is, is knuckle the appropriate word? Even yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we both agree. Possible exception would be when you break open the the body and right at the leg joint, and you get those those tiny little morsels. It's called the like, socket meat. Technique. The socket the meat. Socket yeah, meat. yeah. So, wait, so is that a is that like now a couscous dish coming down the road for me? Where I'm going to do like <laughs> lobster couscous, but just with I'll have to actually. This actually, sorry. Now this is happening live, everyone. Like, so can I? Could I buy from your facilities as well, or is, is it all just going to Whole Foods and to, to Luke's? Or are you also processing for other people? Uh, so we, I mean, half of our business is our restaurant group, and the other half is got it. Wholesale. Okay. So yeah. like, I use chicken oysters for my chicken restaurant. I have a chicken concept, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the oyster is just like a little part that comes off the, right. the back. Right. There's only two per bird. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I want it, just lobster socket what is socket socket meat socket, socket meat. meat is yeah. that something that I could we could work a deal out on uh, yeah I think we could do that for you <laughs> this is it this happened right here on this podcast uh, but the knuckle meat is another so how did how does your um, in the in the uh, how do the pickers break down the knuckle meat because like old school back of the kitchen it's a scissor and like the kitchen scissor is a, a horrible tool that it like ruins hands how are they doing it? It's a it's it's a snap backwards, and then the way they can do it is a lot of these pickers can actually pull the claw and knuckle out together in one actual piece. Okay. And ninety percent of the time, when they pull the knuckle out, it's both parts of that knuckle. That's what it's going to say. Okay, so that's why usually in like we would use a scissor because you can try yeah. and get both of those pieces out. So you're saying picking out both pinchers, the full claw and the knuckle on there. And and like ninety percent of the time, those knuckle pieces are connected, and the claw is entirely intact. Otherwise, it gets discarded as broken meat—not discarded, but but graded out as broken meat. Okay. So, and they're doing this like while remaining on, keeping eye contact with with the friend across the table from them, talking about you know <clears throat> yes, yesterday's news. Right. It's it's like wild. Yeah. Okay. We're coming up there for sure. We're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna bring a camera too. I mean, cool. I think we need to do that. Uh, Halfway through the podcast, we like to play a little games. You guys down to have some fun? Oh, yeah. This one's pretty simple. This is called Would You Rather. So uh, you can you can tag team this, answer together, however you want to do it. It's it's going to be uh, Would You Rather, and everything's kind of themed for like the New England 
seafood world, right? So not just specifically lobster, but I'm sure you guys also enjoy. I know you have a more, uh, you have a, a full service restaurant now too, right? That's serving more than just lobster, crab, and shrimp. Okay, okay cool. So yeah. this is a world we're all. I think we all love. My soul food, okay, I grew up on Long Island, so like to me, like a stuffed clam or fried clam strips, that's like my soul food right there. The strip. Not the whole I don't have a I like all of that. I like no, I'm, right. I don't discriminate, but okay. like I, you know, I come from humble humble roots where where, where fried strips maybe <laughs> yeah. might have been on a menu here or there. Yeah. Um, but all of it, all of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here we go. Would you rather with the team from Luke's Lobster? Um, and this one is gonna be you're gonna have feelings about this one, so I, I hate to start with such a controversial one. <laughs> Uh, on a lobster roll, mayo or drawn butter? Both. Wow. Okay. Okay. There you go. Both. So, I mean, and, and Luke actually might have a different answer, but <laughs> but the way we make our standard lobster roll, I mean, uh, I totally reject the idea that it's one or the other. Um, the important thing is not too much of either. Mm. But... We put a tiny bit of mayo inside the bun. Nothing gets pre-mixed. Right. We're not a fan of pre-mixing anything. But just like you would make any other great sandwich, the mayo goes in the bun a little bit. Then you put in a ton of really amazing fresh lobster meat. And then you squirt a little lemon butter on top. And mm. that, you know, in, in my mind is the platonic ideal of a lobster roll. And it doesn't, you know, it's not either gloopy mayonnaise salad or, you know, reheated lobster with butter on it. It's... You know, a nice chilled lobster with a little bit of both. Oh, okay. Good good answer. Say, I mean, obviously, you, you agree? Or? No. Oh. No, yeah. <laughs> this is where things get emotional. Yeah. I was no, going to say, families break up over this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. My, uh, my standard order is a, is a lobster roll no mayo. And Ooh. so, it's like, as Ben pointed out, every lobster roll is made to order. And I just, like... This is unfortunate because I figured, like, your standard question is, what would you 86 in your life for the restaurant world? Yeah, that's, that and comes was, down the road. Yeah, but that's yeah, it. I have to think of a new answer because, like, my answer was going to be mayonnaise. Right. Like, I, like, I hate mayonnaise. Wow. But it's, like, a very traditional, very... Now, now traditionally, again, I'm from more around here, is that is, is, is mayo the New England style, though, right? Isn't that sort of, like, where did, where did, where's that line? Where's the geographical line yeah, where it goes from mayo to butter? It's absolutely the New England. It's, it's, I mean, it's... it's Lobster roll is synonymous with Maine, and it is the traditional Maine lobster roll to have uh, a slick of mayonnaise, a little bit of lemon butter, and a little bit of, typically it's like celery salt. Yeah. Um, And the meat being chilled, Mm -hmm. right? Like cooked once, refrigerated, and, and, and served chilled. So, like, that is a traditional lobster roll. And, and anything beyond that is, a, is an interpretation of what a lobster roll is meant to be. But pe- there are, are people that would say, no, it just should be just warm lobster and butter, right, on yeah, an and, untoasted and hot dog roll. Where I grew up in Connecticut, that was more prevalent. But the fact is, you reheat that lobster meat, it doesn't taste as good because you've cooked some of the flavor out of it and you've made it chewier. So we've never at any point entertain the idea of of doing that because we haven't found a way that you can actually heat up lobster meat without sacrificing flavor and texture right and then the important thing you know i mean luke doesn't like mayo so he gets it without mayo and and we can do that because it's not pre-tossed you know people when they say like oh the main style the new england style and they think about a lobster salad i think of that as like the new york city style right like that's the chef that wants to do too much because Ooh. they're so creative that they need to toss in a, in a special sauce or, or what have you. You're literally to talking just... directly to me right now. I love this. This is this is 
Like sometimes it's okay. Therapy. To just, this is therapy for me. It's okay to just put the best ingredient in the world in a bun and so know, what's let it, so what's too speak. far? I'm I'm sure I'm sure the lobster roll world has gone through its um, bloody mary phase, uh, meaning like oh it's a lobster roll with this 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 that and that on top of it. Like, is there where, where's the threshold of creativity when it comes? Like, is tarragon okay? Like, I feel like that's a very nice ingredient in a in, in a lobster roll. Is is it okay to top it with caviar? Is that just is that too now? James Beard yeah. Foundation dinner. I, I think our approach is make sure you can taste the lobster because you know as as a company that's been around now almost ten years, like we want to get creative, like we want to do fun things, right? We don't want to just only serve the same product every day forever. So we've definitely played around with. We've done a caviar partnership. Um, with Petrosian, uh, which was awesome. You just get get a little uh, cup of caviar that you can spoon over your lobster roll. Mm. We've done white truffle butter lobster rolls with Urbani. Okay, so yeah, um, the, the threshold's there. Yeah, so th- there are definitely ways to have fun with it, but whenever we talk to these partners, we just stress, like, we just don't want to put too much of these other ingredients on that you can't taste the lobster because the lobster we still want the lobster to be the yeah star. I also loved how you said like you don't pre-mix like one it sounds like something like okay well that's what you know they say because oh it's fresh but also by pre-mixing I noticed that if you ever have to do that even if it's just for an hour or two it sort of leaches a lot of the flavor right absolutely and then kind of and then you have this pool of pink yeah. mayonnaise you know what I'm talking about like, like oh you're getting you're getting heated over there exactly and then I guess if you put that in a squirt bottle or something and do shots of it maybe it's delicious probably not no that sounds gross that's, that should be the initiation actually yeah. that's happened over the last 10 years so there we go uh, here we go next question would you rather uh, tartar sauce or cocktail sauce which I to be clear this if I had to answer I don't I, like I don't know like I'm I, my hands go up in the air this is an easy one for us go for it Tartar sauce. Yeah, we're just on. I'm, I'm a cocktail sauce. Guy. <laughs> yeah, you just do not yeah. like mayonnaise. So, no. I mean, this is just going to no. be pretty simple, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so you're very different. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I also grew up with with fried clam strips, and, and now I'm a whole belly guy. But growing up, I was definitely a, a strips guy. And, and hey, listen, friendlies, fried seafood friendlies and tartar sauce, and, and clam strips. Yeah. You, know, you can't. You know, you can get clam strips at White Castle. What? Yeah. I mean, that's where I grew up. Like, that, like I grew up near a White Castle, and yeah. it's like, and like, and instead of fries, like an option was fries or clam strips, which I thought was, wow. the, I thought that's how the world worked. Yeah. And then I traveled, and I was like, oh, you can't even really get clam strips anywhere outside of like the East Coast. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. So your cocktail sauce. Cocktail sauce. Lots of horseradish. Uh, no. No. Uh, not too spicy. Okay. Nice. So you like ketchup then? That's to a degree. It to a degree. Like. Okay. I'm not a huge condiment guy though. That's no. Yeah. Uh, like I'm a pretty plain Jane eater. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I, I'm. You know, the mayo thing still bothers me, but that's all right. Okay. Hamptons or Martha's Vineyard? I don't have too much experience with either, but I'm probably gonna say Martha's Vineyard. Okay. Uh, just because it's uh, when I'm when I'm not in New York City, I want to be. Not in New York City, and you know when I'm in New York City, I'm in New York City. Yeah, Hamptons is maybe a little bit too much of a hybrid, and I think Martha's Vineyard feels a little a little farther removed. Well played. I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. Okay, like just growing up in Maine, it's like why would you why would you leave Maine to go to Martha's (laughs) Vineyard? And when I was living in the city, we had a timeshare in the Hamptons and. Had a lot of very good, memorable weekends out there. So okay, there we go. Fine to say the Hamptons. Okay, uh, Caribbean or Hawaii? 
and we just had this was uh, your publicist and I having this conversation I'm a west coaster so like Hawaii is sort of our Caribbean but I grew up here on the east coast and have spent some time in there where uh, I'm going to say Caribbean just because it's it's more accessible okay because you got to get back to work that, <laughs> that's kind of what you're saying or you just got to you got to maximize beach time oh okay minimize flight right, time there, there you go fair enough fair enough I'll go with the opposite then. I've never been to Hawaii. It sounds pretty awesome. Uh, and if I had to choose right now, I'd go, I'd go somewhere new. I think the next podcast is just I'm going to turn the mic on during a board meeting. <laughs> because I'm gonna, it seems like every answer is, uh, you know, you guys more have time getting rehearsed and synchronized for board meetings. Okay, there you yeah. go. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. and then you take the deck that we created for the board meeting, you throw it out the window in the first minute because all we do is argue the whole time. <laughs> this is what happened. This is this is this is America. Uh, this one's going to be pretty simple, and hopefully, I don't offend you. Cod or tilapia? I'm offended. See, <laughs> you should be. How dare I? How dare I? Yeah, I, uh, cod, but um, sourced from Iceland, so it's sustainably sourced, and, and like the loins that come out of Iceland are just. They're they're incredible. I mean, the, the stick is your as your fist, and oh, I love I love hearing that. And like cod again is is like the king, right? But it is uh, you guys are all about sustainability, uh, and cod probably was the poster fish of like not being yeah. responsible for our oceans. Yeah, uh, and tilapia, I really just bring up. There's nothing wrong with tilapia. Just to be clear, if you're at home and you got, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a good uh, cost cost fish per pound and per experience but I worked on a tilapia farm so I just had to throw that out there that I've been up to here in tilapia really poop yeah, yeah. literally so it was like a, one of these like you know very hippie farms where the tilapia water then fed the vegetables etc where was this nice. this was in Mount Kisco New York okay yeah, a, cool. a, a big stone's throw from here yeah um, yeah well that's the thing about I mean I for once, I agree with Luke. But with, <laughs> finally, finally, with any of these fish, you know, it is. There's some horrible places to get tilapia, and then there are some good places that are doing it right. And you have to, you yeah, know, like most things in the world, decision. right? Like even things that now might be like looked at as very bad. At one point, they were like trying to do something good. So like tilapia is a fish where you could dig a hole, throw some water in, and the tilapia would survive and could feed a village, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the Peace Corps, you know, take on it. So, right. uh, okay, here we go. Um, Lobster slash clam bake or crawfish boil. I mean, aren't you over lobster though? I mean, I mean, don't you just want like a little new life experience? And no, like, aren't no, crawfish? No, no. no. <laughs> aren't crawfish just tiny little lobsters? No. Okay. Come on, you. I mean, taste maker. Crawfish boil is good. It's just right. it's just no lobster clam bake. Okay, fair enough. And like, let's be honest, it's way too much work. Yeah. Right? For the, the meat that you get out and, like, that whole thing. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, let's stay positive here. The whole I mean. Louisiana, my fan base now is going to blow up. Okay. Frozen at Sea or Frozen by Disney? The movie Frozen. Frozen at Sea. <laughs> seafood being frozen on a boat or the movie Frozen. I, Luke's uh, a dad now, so. Yeah. Dad, um, d- have dad, you got to Frozen, though? You're dad and a daughter, yeah. We yeah. haven't we really got yeah. into Disney yet. You're just, like, yeah. still in sort of, like, bright lights and... Yeah, like uh, mobiles. It feels mode, like right? they're both equally important. I just don't understand how important Frozen, the Disney movie, is yet. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. It will be probably yeah. very important. But I think the I think that the great point is is talking about frozen seafood and how important that is, and how when you freeze seafood the right way, mm-hmm. super fast, without changing that molecular structure of of the tissue, you can have an amazing, pretty much indistinguishable product, and that is so much 
much better than keeping a lot of these species alive for however long they're out on the boat and however long they're in transit. I, I mean, people shy away from, from frozen things as they think about 1960s freezing technology, but frozen seafood is is an absolute gift when it's done the right way. Now, thank you. For, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you know, as experts, shedding light on that, too, because it's, it is like it's just like, oh, it's frozen, so it must be bad. Um, but would you rather like something that was just caught and frozen on, a, on, a, on the boat where it was caught that day or, the, you know, mm-hmm. or have something that's spent five days at sea and then three days in the market and then it's got one day on the shelf and then it's probably maybe in some places still on the shelf for an extra day, right? Yeah, there's just no question about it from a food safety and food quality standpoint. Absolutely. And then even like there's, I mean, even like sometimes tools like the microwave, like is it the microwave or the food that usually goes in the microwave? It's up for debate. Okay, here we go. Uh, Jonah crab or blue crab? <laughs> You're like, what is going on? My father this, basically are... invented the Jonah crab business. So like, he was the very first guy to process a Jonah crab. And then my middle brother ended up working on a fishery improvement plan to uh, FIPT in order to actually put a uh, management plan in place to, to make that a sustainable resource. So we are one of the largest Jonah crab producers. Yeah, I would well. say Jonah crab, too, was one of the first, like, as a chef and, like, I, you know, cut my teeth here in New York City and I like was the first one I saw was at like a Michelin star restaurant I was like oh Jonah crab salad I don't even know what that is uh super delicious slightly larger than the traditional blue crab right Um, sweet so and sweet. with the black tip class as yeah. well yeah so like I, and then it has that also like you know ah, it's just like beauty, it's beautiful Jonah crab uh, admittedly maybe uh, you know, I mean uh, is, is, the, is the king on the east coast but Dungeness crab we all agree has got a special place uh, last part of starting for attention uh, Luke and Ben is 86 it's 86 what is something in the world that you guys would 86 it could be serious or not where, where are we going to start luke you're gonna i'll go i i would say just like misinformation miscommunication in, in, in like our world uh like I, I wish we could tell the story of what happens with these fishermen like more linearly mm. so it, it is like such a grind and such an effort to go out and harvest each one of these lobsters and then bring it directly through our vertically integrated supply chain and into our guests and in like a lot of ways uh, our shacks are ultimately like this model of convenience where you get the opportunity to just like lazy man lobster and have the best quality seafood and like the, the, that concept of like miscommunication that it's like simple and 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 that there's not like a hundred million steps that go into bringing that that lobster directly from Tenants Harbor Fisherman Maine uh, Fisherman's mm. Co-op is is uh, uh, if we could like snap that line and, and fix that miscommunication and. and and increased transparency there. Like, I would love to figure out how to tell that story more directly and the experience that our guests have in the shack. Yeah, well said. I mean, with, with all foods, but specifically, like, if you've never even, like, if, you, if you've never been on a boat, it's really hard to appreciate the amount of hard work. And if you've ever been on, like, a fishing vessel, like, oh, my God, I mean, you know, outside of watching maybe a show on Discovery or something like that, where I think they probably do a pretty good job of that. For sure. <laughs> Letting people know, like, how, how hard the actual work is. Um, ben, what would you 86? I'm going to go with bananas. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think bananas are poison. You, you, 
think bananas are poison. My wife agrees, too. Oh, first and of so all. so is my fiance. That's why we're getting married. I had such high hopes for this podcast. <laughs> and now, like, two of my favorite foods in the world are bananas and mayonnaise. <laughs> and, like, we're, we're like, I don't know if I should even be invited now. To I'll, Maine. I'll eat but, bananas with you. You just like if you come and stay with us up in Maine. Yeah. Just don't expect anything in your breakfast that has anything to do with bananas. Are you are you, you, are, you as well? Like you're no. No, I'm, your a, wife. I'm a banana your wife, guy. But My your wife, wife will not let a banana in the house. Okay. Yeah. This is and now I'm assuming for the few people that don't like bananas. <laughs> it's a te- is it a te- it's a texture thing. It's it's the texture and the sweetness combined, and it yeah it's just uh, it's been it's been my whole life and my fiance's whole life as well. Um, yeah, they, they can't can't walk in our house. Mm, I want to get like into the like the neuroscience of this. Like, is it do you, what about tomatoes? How do you feel about tomatoes? Love them. Mm, okay, because I, I, I usually there's like like a, oh tomatoes and bananas. It's like a gelatinous sort of texture. Sort of all bananas, green bananas, super ripe bananas, overripe bananas. I, there's no way I, can I mean miss- the more the more ripe the worse the the sweeter and mushier the the worse it is oh okay so yeah. like a good Caribbean like plantain uh, banana dish is like they're supposed to be like uh, actually flies point. on the outside of the banana that's when you know it's right and sweet it's too yeah no too no like a, a a a green plantain a tostone like I can I can handle that. When it comes to like banana, banana, like okay, sweet banana, that's where. It's so if we get to do R and D together, like if I'm crumbling up, like if I'm making a banana mayonnaise, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're gonna wind Luke, up in the Luke ocean. Luke just threw up in his mouth a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, end of the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for letting me come into one of your shops. Um, I know you guys are a ten year anniversary. You got oh, what four thirty nine forty locations, something like this. You're international, uh, and people can get meal kits now. Right, if they come in and they want to like actually try their hand at making one at home. Yeah, it's it's as much as Luke talked about how difficult the lobster industry is. We do all of that work ahead of time. So for you to make your own lobster roll, just get one of the DIY kits from one of our locations, bring it home, and all you got to do is toast a bun and put the lobster and a couple ingredients inside. It's super easy. Awesome. And where can people uh, find you guys? I mean, besides one of your multiple locations, a number of which are in New York City. All social media channels, Whole Foods. Um, uh, what's the right way to yeah. answer that Us question? Personally? Yeah. Well, you guys are n- never in one spot. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we both live uh, around Portland, Maine, but we're you'll find us here in New York or out in San Francisco or maybe over in Tokyo or... Um, you know, preferably on a boat somewhere. All right. Well, I'm heading up to uh, Maine with you guys, and we're, we'll maybe we'll start talking about drone lobster kit delivery. That'd <laughs> there be we good, go. Right? Like your publicist like that. That's the summer. That's our summer activation. I think next year. Thanks nice. so much for hanging out with us. Do us a favor, everyone. Jump on over to iTunes and uh, write a review because this is a five star podcast, guys. This is the only five star thing I've ever done <laughs> in my life. So help us keep it five star. Write a little review. Make sure you hit subscribe. And actually, you're already listening, so you're probably subscribing. Grab one of your friends or family members phones they don't even need to know and then just subscribe to the podcast for them that's how you can help us with our growth uh luke and ben thanks so much for hanging out with us i'm gonna grab a a lobster meal kit to go right here and go eat a banana on the way home Uh, and, and until next week stay hungry thanks for listening to starving for attention with richard blaze download new episodes every tuesday on the podcast one app apple podcasts or podcast one.com Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening, and thank you to our sponsor who made this all possible. From the beginning. True love with True Car. Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. Until next week, stay hungry.